This is your Classical Break, your daily dose of classical music. I'm Tyler Alderson, and today we'll be listening to one of Mozart's most celebrated symphonies, his 40th. It's often thought of as part of a trilogy. His 39th, 40th, and 41st symphonies were the last three that he would write, and he wrote them all in one fell swoop in 1788. This piece and its two brothers have a good bit of mystery surrounding them, including the question of whether Mozart actually heard them performed in his lifetime. There are unfortunately a lot of accounts of concerts that featured, quote, a symphony by Mozart or some of his most recent compositions, without going into which ones they were. But there are clues. For example, there are two versions of this symphony, one with clarinets and one without. It's logical to assume that Mozart wrote it one way, probably without the clarinets, heard it, and then said, hey, maybe I should add a clarinet part. That would sound better. The most likely candidate is a concert a few years after he wrote it, which supposedly included a grand symphony by Mozart. And a lot of people today take that as, if not the premiere, the earliest recorded performance of this particular symphony. There are a couple ironies about that performance. The first is that it was conducted by none other than Antonio Salieri, who was another prominent composer in Vienna, and if that name rings a bell... If you've seen the movie Amadeus, then you probably have a picture of Salieri as Mozart's greatest rival, the man who went so far as to poison him out of sheer jealousy. Makes for a great movie. And the film, the play it came from, have been huge hits, so unfortunately they've shaped a lot of popular opinion about Salieri. The facts are much more benign. Salieri and Mozart were rivals in the sense that they were both doing the same thing in the same place at the same time. Mozart would have undoubtedly loved to be in Salieri's position as head of music at the emperor's court. Mozart also had some gripes about what he saw as favoritism, benefiting the Italian composers in the court of whom Salieri was the most prominent. But the two were quite friendly towards one another, and Salieri included a lot of Mozart's music in his programs for the imperial court. They even collaborated on a cantata together, so it's not surprising that Salieri helped give one of Mozart's most beloved pieces a public airing, even if popular opinion now has him as the villain. The second irony is much more sobering. The concert was a benefit for widows and orphans, and the 35-year-old Mozart was less than a year away from putting his own wife and children in that same situation. Even when he wrote this symphony, a few years prior to that concert, he was at one of his all-time lows. His income was dwindling, in part because a war between Austria and Turkey made money scarce in general, but also because of his spending habits and somewhat difficult personality. And on a much more personal level, his oldest daughter died less than a month before he completed this, his third child to die in a span of five years. It may have been a little bit more common back then to have children die very young, but it certainly doesn't take a lot of the heartache out of it. His letters to friends, often pleading to borrow money, show a man who is in a dark phase of his life. So it's probably no surprise that in the middle of all that, he composed one of only two minor key symphonies he would write. But Mozart was a master of balance, and this is not a brooding piece. The first movement features one of his most famous melodies over an agitated accompaniment and features plenty of stormy passages. But the second movement is slow and graceful, and the pulsing undercurrent that makes the first movement feel so urgent gives the second movement a strong foundation. 
There's contrast inside both movements, too, with light and dark breaking through unexpectedly in various places. Here's the Muse Open Symphony Orchestra with the first and second movements of Mozart's great G minor symphony, his 40th.
I'll say what I said in the introduction one more time. Mozart is a master of balance, and you can hear the light and dark drama with the more lyrical passages contrasted in both those two movements. Thanks to the Muse Open Symphony for putting that up on museopen.org. And thank you for listening. If you have the chance, please rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're getting it. I'm Tyler Alderson, and tomorrow we are going to be continuing with the conclusion, the third and fourth movements of Mozart's 40th Symphony. I'll see you then.